Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Mindful Aging, a podcast where leaders and experts in healthcare use storytelling to shed light on aging, health span, and long-term care. I am your host, Tyler White. All right, so uh, thanks for checking us out, people. We are in our infancy, and we're building this airplane as we fly, so to speak. So I expect we will use um, all kinds of tools to evolve as we grow, but right now we are dedicated to sharing the stories that arise in the lives of healthcare workers. So healthcare is not for the faint of heart, and we want to provide a platform for dedicated healthcare workers to share the experiences that keep them coming back. These stories will range from the hilarious to the heartbreaking, but my hope is that these stories will be more than just entertaining. It's been said that a wise man learns from his mistakes, but a wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. So mindful aging will be a place to learn from other people, both their mistakes and their accomplishments. So that being said, we are fortunate to have a man of many accomplishments and on many the podcast, <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Nunez. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, Daniel. <clears throat> so Daniel has been in healthcare most of his life, and I've been lucky to have worked with Daniel Nunez for most of the past eight years. So let's hear from Mr. Nunez. Well, hello, hello. Daniel, uh, what attracted you to healthcare? You know, I don't think I had a choice. Um, my grandmother, my nana, and my mother were both RNs. My grandmother worked at a local nursing home as my mother worked in hospitals. So I kind of was raised around white uniforms and talk about caring for people. <laughs> so you call it kind of a calling then? It's been a calling. Wonderful. Well, And I've never tried to shake it. Good. <laughs> you you said you never tried to shake it. Have there ever been points in your career where you thought about pivoting? I would probably say yes. There'd have to be. There'd have to be a moment where you reconsidered your journey. But I must say that it didn't last very long because I was right back in there again. And I've done healthcare in all different types of um, entities. You know, I've done hospitals, nursing homes. I've done community care, home care-based services. So I've done it quite a pretty much, pretty much all of it. Pretty much I've all I've always it. wanted to come back. Good, good. So tell us about your current position, Daniel. So this is my second turn back at Jackson White Elder Law. And this time around, I'm coming to you as the client benefits navigator, a position that we all <laughs> thought about <laughs> and came up with over lunch. That's a wonderful name. What does that mean? <laughs> You know, what it means is you need help navigating anything in life, um, particularly benefits. You know, it's interesting. You, you, you think that your parents are making wise choices in when they're picking their advantage plans or they're looking at their options in long-term care um, and you don't speak up as a child. I think it's important now that you speak up, and I think that's why I'm here as the navigator. Navigator. Wonderful. So, so. Everybody has their stories that they tell their families and friends about their 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 work days and their careers and and these are the stories that I think keep us coming back. And so I I'd like to hear Daniel, I'd like to hear your story or, or one of your stories, the stories that uh, keep you doing what you do and keep you engaged in what you do. 
you know, I, I, the only story that I probably can go back is just my family going back to my roots and being an underdog, always wanting to care for someone. You know, I started my career in long-term care as a volunteer. I was like eight years old, I believe. And I've done everything from a volunteer. I've worked the floor. I've worked with patients. I've done emergency room. And what keeps going me back is just the momentum of wanting to be part of something that's scary. I think the only time someone has a right to feel out of control is when their health fails. And that's such a big statement. And I think that it, it starts with the first time something slips up and no one has helped this individual out completely. Everyone's talking about care, 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 care. And as a navigator, I'm talking about what do you have as benefits and what do you have as resources? So just going back to basics and seeing my grandmother in the 70s working in a nursing home when they were wards and mm-hmm. you had, God, 15 patients to one room. Holy smokes. So I, I go back there and, and that's what keeps me involved in healthcare. Wow. So I'd like to hear also, um, how has, how has your perspective changed during the pandemic? I mean, it seems that the whole world has has really turned upside down, and I'm sure that being on the front lines, you've you've probably noticed some some differences out there. What have you noticed? Stories have changed. Um, families are getting more involved. You know what? Let me rewind. The biggest thing I've seen is families are more involved. Families are calling to say, "What do we do to keep mom at home?" Um, she's at the hospital and we're not wanting to go to a skilled nursing facility. And let me just say this. These are stories that I'm hearing. I have, um, I, I'm a big fan of senior communities and it breaks my heart that they're not an option right now for most families. But right now what I'm seeing is family are being involved and there's an urgency. I, I love the part that families are involved because usually families just uh, lean on healthcare professionals. They lean on us. And they're just hoping that someone solves the problem for them. Since the pandemic, they're getting involved. They want to know what their choices are for mom and dad or their favorite auntie. And they're stepping up to the plate. I had a son who told me he had been furloughed and his mom was so worried about dad that he came in from Chicago, moved in with parents to take care of dad while they were working with us to get all texts. I've never heard that story before. A lot more engagement. A lot more engagement. And I think the urgency, there's there's a health factor here that has a fear in everyone. And I believe everyone's just going back to basics. Let's take care of family. Let's take care of people. And with that means you have a, a whole group of people who don't know what they're doing or know what to ask. So I believe more families are being tripped because um, this is all new to them. And also for um, healthcare professionals. You know, you have hospital social workers and case managers, discharge planners, who are now discharging patients to home when they generally would have uh, been referring to an acute hospital or to a skilled nursing facility for further monitorization, more therapies, and that's being bypassed. So I believe that hospital social workers are having to be creative and become more aware of home care-based services. Hmm. 
So you you mentioned that there's a pervasive fear out there, and oftentimes people think that fear and and courage are mutually exclusive. But but you can have both of those things. You can you can have fear um, and then be Absolutely. courageous in the face of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you seeing any of that? And what are you doing to 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 build your courage and right. to have um, optimism that despite the scariness that, that we're all involved with right now, that, that things are going to be okay. Wow. That's a lot of questions. There. A lot of questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I think what's important here is that fear paralyzes people. And I think the more you empower people, um, the fear becomes less. They ask more questions. They feel more relieved. And with relief becomes a moment where they can take it in and realize that this is important with where they're at in their life. Um, I think what I do for families, I must say, rewind to here again. I was gone for a year and I learned a lot about hospice and home health and home care. And, you know, coming back to Jackson White, I always said to myself, I wonder why I'm doing this. I know it's home and I know I miss my friends and my family there at Jackson White. But I thought, why am I coming back? What is it? And it has to be more than I love it here. I realize now, after the pandemic, this is the reason why I came back. It almost feels like it was meant to be. I felt like, for the first time, everyone was taking care of the being, the body. And now, because of circumstances, we can raise questions about resources, that you have right now and resources and benefits that you were not aware of. And we can put this together, take care of the whole family so that no one's worrying. You know, when my mom was sick for six and a half years, my family and I never worried. Never did we have a fear what was going to happen tomorrow. And why is that? Um, I'm lucky that I had siblings that stepped up to the plate and took care of my mom and an extended family. So I have a unique family because a lot of people don't have that. Second, um, my family had me. I realized, you know, my mother and I had a courageous conversation where I told her, I don't think I want to be a caregiver. I want to be your son. She agreed. Then my siblings told my mother, you're never going to go into a nursing home. That is a promise. And I realized that I wasn't brave enough to be that caregiver, but I had to be courageous enough to make sure that they kept their promise. And how I did that was I knew all texts, I knew veterans' benefits, I knew legal documents, I knew advantage plans, and I was able to put them together for six and a half years, and we kept my mom at home for free. Through Altex. Through Altex, Advantage Plans, um, Veterans Benefits. Uh, and it's because I knew it. My siblings wouldn't have. I'm not saying that they're dumb or <laughs> smart. They just <laughs> not didn't dumb know. or smart. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they just didn't know. I mean, it was simple as when my mother got, she was getting better and she was on hospice at the time. So the social worker and I decided we we're going to put her on palliative care. And we did, and then I told my sister, I'm going to call the doctor and get orders for occupational therapy and physical therapy 
took her a couple of minutes and she looked at me and she goes, brother, why do you want mom to have a job? And I didn't understand what she was saying, but then I rewinded in my head and it was the word occupational. Hmm. And she thought that I wanted my 78 <laughs> year old mother who was bedridden on uh, to work. Interesting. Um, I'm kind of a mean guy, but not that horrible. <laughs> um, but it was those circumstances that a lot of families don't know, you know. And then the second thing she wondered was how much would this cost, which floored me and saddened me because there shouldn't be a price tag on your health care. Um, and I think because families aren't aware of these benefits, they do. And then they don't move forward. And then mother gets sicker and, and more frail. And then the family are, is having to increase their care, increase their hours, and then they're dropping out of work. And if they only would have known to lean on benefits, they would have been able not to struggle, and they would have kept that promise. And again, for six and a half years, my family and I never worried what was going to happen to my mom, how we're going to pay for this bill, and we can't look for this doctor because it's going to be costly. That never came into our conversation. Hmm. Um, I just had a lovely, I'm just, I'm lucky. I had a beautiful family that supported um, and loved their mom. That's wonderful. It, it's an interesting dynamic that you're illustrating here. We have one person who uh, needs long-term care and is becoming frail. And, you know, a family faced with that can be um, filled with fear or they can, they can, solve problems right and what you've outlined is okay here is the problem mom is in need of care and this problem could drag the whole family down you know if mm -hmm. we didn't have the right information um, and what you said about your sister is hilarious thinking <laughs> that <laughs> occupational therapy requires mom to get a job but it's not that off off mark i mean a lot of people would read that and think okay occupation right. means job and let's connect these dots. And, and so there's just a lot of misinformation out there. And, and providing that information provides people with a beacon of hope and a path. Sometimes we just get paralyzed and we start flailing and we don't know which direction to go. And we just need to know, okay, I need to get from A to B mm -hmm. and from B to C. And then benefits will be in place. And then m the family can continue with their own lives and, and continue raising productive families of their own. Correct. Um, and this doesn't have to be an issue that impacts generations. It can be an issue that brings one generation closer together right. and bonded closer together as they have a united purpose to help their mom through the end of her life, just mm -hmm. like she helped you through the beginning of your life. And, and you never hear these positive stories, do you? No. You always hear the, the struggling family that couldn't do it, and then they had to put mom in a nursing home, and then family's upset, and they're, they're bickering, and they're disappointed with each other. I, I want to share the positives. You know, a lot of people laugh at me when I say Altex was the biggest gift given to my mom and my family. <laughs> they also giggle and are frustrated with me um, because my story with Altex access plans um, was a positive. I, there was no hindrance. I want to share this because I, I believe people shy away from Altex and access because they hear of the overwhelming negative bad stories of families struggling. Um, 
they need to hear what works and and it can work and that's why they should be calling me i love it <laughs> i love it i mean you you can't you can't sell something that you don't believe in at least very well mm-hmm. and it it sounds like you've found your calling your passion because it's something that's impacted your life in such a positive way and um and so it's just something that's very easy to share with others right so it is and then you know I talked about my mom being with access and all texts and home, but family dynamics are different. My beautiful green-eyed Nana didn't need all texts. She didn't need to rely and lean on it. She had resources, but it's a different story. And I think, again, it was a good story. Um, I had a good combination plate. I <laughs> have family, <laughs> and I had resources and information. And I think that's key. And anyone, anyone out there right now, you can have what I had. Even if you don't have family, I think just important to have the courageous conversation. I think me telling my mother, I want to be your boy. I don't want to be your caregiver. It's courageous. Number one, you're, you're speaking from your heart. And number two, you now have a game plan and you know what you need. A caregiver, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And as before, you didn't. You couldn't figure it all out. But now you're realizing, I have to find a caregiver. And how can I afford one? Does mom have the finances? Do benefits pay? And if not, what do I need to do to put the puzzle pieces together? Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing your your story of hope. My hope, my hope is that uh, we can we can continue to have these types of discussions on mindful aging to to show show people that it's not just a confusing uh, morass that can't be navigated. Um, there are ways, there are paths, and there are stories of people helping people and people showing people um, how to get what they need. Mm -hmm. And so uh, before we leave, Daniel, uh, if you could impart any words of wisdom on the healthcare community, what would they be? Ask that once more, please. <laughs> okay, this is the this is the prime moment that we've all been waiting for. Drum if roll. you could impart any words of wisdom on the healthcare community or just people who are uh, in a position to give care to their family members, what would these words of wisdom be? Hmm. You know, being a caregiver is a tough job, and um, working in a hospital nursing home, it's it's crazy. I can't find the words in describing these two, but this is what I would have to say. Share your stories, and those of us who are in a position to listen, take that moment. Um, I know we have 20 things to do on our to-do list, but it's important to hear the story so that we can share our wealth of information. Um, Use your resources. There are so many resources that families need to know of, uh, they may need to hear it several, several times. That's why it's important to talk about um, care immediately um, and obstacles. Just take the time to listen um, to their stories. Wonderful. Share your stories, listen to stories, and know which resources are available to you. Okay. Thank you, Daniel, for... Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And I look forward to speaking with you again. I hope to have you back. I hope so. All right. So before we end, if you or somebody you know would like to be a guest on Mindful Aging, 
please reach out to firm at jacksonwhitelaw.com. Lastly, make sure to visit our website, anchor.fm slash jacksonwhite8, that's the number eight, where you can subscribe so you'll never miss a show. And if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if that's too much, simply tell a friend. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. I can't wait to see where this project goes. We have a lineup of great guests in the works. So make sure to keep your eyes open for the next episode. Talk to you later.